Welcome, listeners, to Reason to Panic, the only podcast out there for the worried mind. We give you a new reason to panic each week, so you never have to worry about running out of reasons to panic. For millennia, man has stood safely planted on the ground and stared up into its rich and deep blackness, fascinated by the spectacle of colors, their imaginations running rampant as they consider what exists beyond our little lonely planet. Theories have been written about it, books have been published. TV series and movies abound in regards to this beautiful blackness that exists around us. Little did people know that if they could only get up there, it was an environment destined to destroy them in any number of violent and tragic ways. Consider for a moment if you were to be up there without a spacesuit. Space itself would be trying to decide if it suffocated you with its lack of oxygen or froze you with its lack of heat. And the list goes on from there. Welcome again, everybody, to Reason to Panic. Today, we are venturing into the outer regions of our universe. And I am joined here on planet Earth by my illustrious and enjoyable co-hosts, Randall Floyd. Randall, how are you doing this morning? I am. I'm good. I'm not in space, apparently. So I'm good. I'm glad to, glad that you're here with us, uh, Eli Bowman. You're not calling in from uh, light years away, are you? You're here in this galaxy. I am here in this galaxy. <clears throat> I'm here on Earth, and I'm just still trying to recover from the epic nature of that intro. I'm just uh, <laughs> I'm still still reeling from that, but I, but I'm here and I'm alive and I'm not I'm not frozen or um, asphyxiated, so I'm feeling pretty good right now. Well, that's good. I'm glad to hear that. You know, the the interesting thing about our topic for this week is we could be good right now and then suddenly not in the blink of an eye. So I was uh, I was reading um, as I was studying for uh, or, or, or researching, I guess for a good topic. And I stumbled across this article and I have to share with you the title of the article because I, as I was talking with, with you guys a little bit before we started the, the segment, the, the method that this article was written in was as terrifying as it was fascinating and enjoyable to read. Um, the article is this black hole kills star by spaghettification as telescopes watch. Sounds delicious. It really does. I, I, how do you not read an article that talks about black hole killing something by spaghettification? <laughs> so let me just kind of break down here briefly what that even means. Uh, so black holes are something that are incredibly difficult to, to study because their sheer power and force sucks everything, including the light generated by anything around it, into it. So they're hard to see. There's what's called the event horizon, which is where everything like dumps into the black hole. If you want to think about it like your sink, the event horizon would be that last moment before things go down the garbage disposal, right? Mm. So it's it's <laughs> so difficult to uh, to consider what these things are. And so researchers saw this event 
coming using all of their massive telescope uh, uh, network around the globe. And they, they watched this thing in, in, on the edge of their seats for, uh, if I remember right, it was, it was several months that they kind of watched this thing unfold. As yeah, the article says six months, six yeah, months, they just okay. sort of like watched this slow impending, the impending doom of this star that was uh, moving toward this black hole. Yeah, so for six months they, they considered and they watched as as this star was literally twisted into spaghetti as it went over the event horizon and into uh, into the black hole. So so that's what it is we're talking about is the spaghettification of a star and the the absolute force and power of a black hole. So Eli, what were your thoughts as you were going through and as you were considering the uh, the article and and the science behind it? Well, I, the, the term spaghettification is the first thing that I noticed. And I've heard this term before, and I remember looking it up in the past. And the, the reason they call it this is because when something gets, when something breaks the event horizon of a black hole, its matter begins to, um, to be sucked down into the, basically sucked and pulled into the gravity that is being generated by the black hole. But the part of the mat, the mass or the matter that is yet to cross that event horizon is not being pulled. So you're actually, the matter is getting stretched out very thin over time. And this is why they call it spaghettification. It's like it's being stretched out long and thin like a spaghetti noodle. That's the that's a way to kind of remember it. Um, and so to think of a star being spaghettified is really wild and and as i was reading the article i i i didn't i did learn something there's so much energy in a star even a dying star like this one that they witnessed that energy was being like spewed out of the ends of the black hole so it was sucking in the star and there was this energy being like spewed out on the on the on like i, I guess what we would call like maybe like the pole the poles of the black hole like the the top and the bottom so to speak and I didn't even know that that was a possible thing. I didn't realize black holes could push out energy, but we're talking about a star here. So I mean, that's a lot of energy, even a dying one. So I thought that I definitely learned something from this article that the black hole almost couldn't handle it. That sounds like a Highlander episode. <laughs> like when, when you remove the, uh, the, the head of another Highlander, you suck in their energy, and then there's like this big white light. It seems kind of like a black hole when it's trying to eat a star. Like there's a little bit of gas that has to release <clears throat> to make things comfortable in its stomach. And then um, it, it, it gets the power of, of the star, sounds like. Because, I don't know. I'm sorry. I, I just have all these weird things going on in my head right now. Like my next question is, who's the NASA uh, pathologist that looks at this star and says, oh, this is spaghettification. This star has six months to live. Like, I just, I'm just curious, like, I mean, obviously you have to know math, but is that a job that maybe some of our listeners' kids can aspire to? It'd be like a star pathologist? Maybe. So I, on, on the tangent note for that, my wife and I, we were discussing mathematics the other day, and, and she was like, who needs to know uh, uh, imaginary numbers and, you know, some of those, those theories that they make you learn in high school and, and college math and college math classes that you never use again. And this is, what I actually, before I even started reading this article, I started pointing this, I was like deep space science, uh, mathematicians type of type of things. And I have a feeling that that, that is probably where it is. This comes up. So, 
uh, in a way, this is kind of like vindication for all those those math nerds that people made fun of. It's like, well, no, they get to watch stuff like this. So, so sorry, then, I, I digress. I'm trying. I'm trying to understand this this bit of um, the event horizon because this is really what we're scared of: is anything that crosses that. What if you happen to be next to the event horizon and like just for whatever reason, like your finger crosses it, like would, would that get sucked in, but not the rest of you? So you'd like lose a finger. Is, is this what we're talking about? It's someone the size of a, the size of a human being, it's not going to be much of a factor. If you're moving toward the black hole, mm-hmm. it's not going to take much time for the, your whole body to break through the event horizon. But, but let's just talk theoretically here. So theoretically, if you were in a lounge chair, sipping a cold drink in space and you were mm-hmm. very, very slowly moving, toward a black hole and it's going to pull you in, right? There's a tremendous amount of gravity and that affects how things move in space, right? So yes, say you get your pinky lifted on your cold, you know, virgin pina colada and that pinky is about to, and that pinky breaks the event horizon. You bet that that pinky <clears throat> will begin the process of spaghettification. So then like your pinky would go or would your pinky just be like an anchor point and then it would start pulling you or it does, does the gravity not have an effect until that line is crossed? No, I, I think, um, Eli, maybe, maybe you've read something different, but my understanding of uh, the physics of space is that everything is always actively pushing away from itself and being sucked towards the, the void points, the black hole points, all at the same time, all the time. And so I think that once it grabs you, like you're always going to be moving away from a body of of uh, gravity and being pulled towards the greatest source of gravity, which is the black hole. So it's, it's kind of a combination of, of both. Yeah. So the event, yeah, you're, you're, you're right. The, the event horizon is, is, is basically the point of no return, Randall. Got it. And say, like there's no, no, no force can bring you out of the gravity. And that's why, that's why they call it that. It's, it's, it's the, it's the point at which you going, you know, you entering into the black hole becomes an event that is certain. Mm, I got it. See, yeah. I've always wondered. Did you guys ever see Pirates of the Caribbean? Um, Dead Man's Chest. I think it was Dead, Man, Dead Man's Chest with uh, David. I Jones. saw it in the theater, Second but I've only seen it once. So, do you remember the scene where, towards the end of of the movie, it's that last like dramatic battle scene, and they've got the Flying Dutchman and the Black Pearl are the two ships, and they go around a maelstrom, which is the the whirlpool in the ocean, and they're going around it and they're battling and they get closer and closer and closer to the center and then they, they catch the winds right and they're able to pull themselves back out. And it's kind of this really dramatic thing. I've always wondered, is it possible if you had a strong enough body of mass with enough gravitational pull that you could like surf around a black hole and kind of cheat death? Probably. You hmm. know, I think it's theoretical. I don't, I, yeah, I, I think so. Well, I'm not an astrophysicist. Be- I can't say definitively, but that sounds like fun. Sounds like a good time. Well, I'm I'm taking your your word and running with it, Eli. I am going to try and do it, and if I die, it's on you. Um, well, I'm pretty but, sure Eli won't feel any guilt. Can I sign a waiver? <laughs> <laughs> He's like, uh, that should never have happened ever. <laughs> no! I didn't think he'd actually pull it off. I'm just more impressed with the fact that you're able to do so, and that's uh, <laughs> that you have the capability. So. <clears throat> Very Drop impressive. me off at Alpha Centauri on the way, please. <laughs> With a telescope uh, and, and some popcorn. Uh, no, I bring that up because, you know, again, going back to the article and the way this is written, I, I'm, I'm going to read a quote from it because, like I said, it's, it's just an enjoyable article. 
when an unlucky star wanders too close to a supermassive black hole in the center of a galaxy, the extreme gravitational pull of the black hole shreds the star into thin streams of material. I just think about, you know, you got a black hole and it's walking, or excuse me, a, a, a star and it's walking around and all of a sudden it's unlucky enough to be like, whoop, they got sucked into the black hole. You just think about the battle between those two massive amounts of energy, those two massive amounts of gravitational pull. Mm. And we've, we've kind of already talked about it a little bit, you know, as, as it kind of gives off its last dying gasp of, of breath, so to speak spitting out a little bit of, of both ends of, of the black hole. I don't know. I, I, am, I am constantly in awe of the absolute power of space. And it seems so tranquil sitting down here safely on planet Earth and looking up and being like, oh, there's, you know, Alpha, uh, not, uh, uh, you know, Polaris, and there's, uh, you know, Gemini. And, and looking at these, these stars that they, they are fighting for their life and trying to kill you at the same time. Hmm. Yeah, it sounds kind of terrifying. No, no, it's like in the six, six, 600 BC, right around the time, or maybe 700, when Egypt was just sitting around and all of a sudden the Nabataeans came in and blew them up. Like, they're two superpowers, and one of them just all of a sudden was sucked up. Yeah. Well, it's no different. The end. It was yeah. curtains. That would be the, the drama of the gods, right? I mean, we've got our own uh, dramas that, that have played out here, Rome and Egypt. And is this like a god-level drama of the galaxies that you're the big one oh nope not anymore there, there's a black hole <laughs> and, and it makes you wonder like you know what would happen if one day scientists were like all right folks listen some new black hole showed up in the milky way it's moving our entire solar system toward it things are going to get funky here real fast and there's nothing we can do to stop it that would that would change things a little bit well, and, and because it takes, it takes time for this to happen. So my kids, we, we, we were interested once, and there's some really fun videos on YouTube. Uh, and I'm trying to think who it was that put them together. But we watched two of them. One of them is what happened if the Earth were to suddenly just stop rotating. Uh, and that one, was, huh. that one was kind of fun. <laughs> but there, there's another one that we watched that was what if, because, you know, Earth is, the sun is constantly trying to pull the Earth into it. But because of the, the precise rotational orbit that we have with the sun, the Earth is constantly like popping back out of its gravitational pull on, really? and, on and off over the course of, of a year. Yeah, that's, that's where our, our, our seasons and all of those things come from is the Earth is trying to pull us in and we're trying to pull ourselves back away because of centrifugal force. And we watched this video. And what happens if the Earth were to suddenly lose the battle of centrifugal force and start to get sucked into the sun? It would take weeks literally weeks before it impacted or changed anything about the environment of the earth. But then all of a sudden it was exponential growth essentially of the effects that would happen as everything started to heat up and, you know, it was really interesting to, to talk about it, to watch that with my kids because Things here seem so instantaneous, right? You get in a car accident, it's instant. You, you put your hand on a hot stove, it's instant. But you start talking space, and you can literally see this stuff coming days, weeks, months, years before it happens, and there is not a single thing you can do about it. That's like when one of my kids is sitting in the bottom of the RV, and they have gas, 
Like <laughs> eventually it takes a little bit of time, you know, even if you're at the other end, like it just happens. It just slowly works its way through the house. <laughs> just meandering can, its way. <laughs> I can the, see the, the blade, like it's coming in there, like that, that, that force shield. And they're, they're, they're running to the, the far end of the trailer and just cowering in the corner, trying to not let Ray permeate him. <laughs> no, it's not that dramatic. There's just dead bodies. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Hey, has gas moved for a while? Nope, Ray's got gas. Oh, crap. All right. <laughs> yeah, gas is our canary. <laughs> <laughs> black cat well this is this is one of those things so i saw the movie interstellar so i can tell you that i'm an expert on black holes and (laughs) i know that once you're in a black hole unless the aliens that are controlling the black hole want you out you're you're just there you're stuck and you're 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 absorbed and so there's really like we don't have the technology to blast off and get out if something like this were to happen so i mean there's 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 no way that something like this could be avoided like we just don't have the, the means to. We're, we're so small and insignificant compared to the threat of a black hole. Even a black hole the size of your fist, if it was anywhere in the solar system, would just suck everything to it. Like, that's how powerful these things are. So, like, there's 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 no way. Like, even if we found out before it happened, which I guess is possible, there's nothing we could do about it. Mm-hmm. So... And let's let's drop a couple of a couple of numbers on this real quick, just to kind of put some perspective to it. And, and then if anybody has any any final thoughts we can we can hit those so this this black hole had a mass of one million times the sun that it sucked in let that sink in okay our earth can fit inside of our sun which isn't even considered really a big one uh hundreds of times thousands of times maybe i'm trying to go back to you know am i smarter than a fifth grader and and how many times but the sun is, is astronomical in scope to our planet and our sun is not considered anything, you know, spectacular. Right, it's about average. Let's not, let's not give it a complex. It's just, it's an it's an average sun, okay? It's an average sun. So uh, that suddenly turned into like a, a high school locker room conversation. Yeah, yeah, we, don't want to, um, we don't want it to have star envy. It's, just, <laughs> it's good enough. It's good enough. It's, it's good enough, right? So uh, it keeps us warm. So thank you for that sun. But, uh, you know, it's got a mass of one million times of the sun that it, it pulled in, okay? So... So that's that's perspective one is that these things like like Randall said, they don't have to be big to to cause a lot of damage. And then the other thing is too just the the distance uh, that this this was from us. So this event happened two hundred and fifteen million light years from Earth. Our nearest uh, star system, Alpha Centauri, which uh, Randall already mentioned, is four light years away. Okay. So this happened 215 million light years. Alpha Centauri is four light years away. Um, and one light year travels six trillion miles. That's <laughs> 10 trillion kilometers for those of you that are on uh, the, uh, the metric standard, but six trillion miles per year. So 215 million light years and a light year is six trillion miles. So gives a little bit of perspective but uh any any final closing thoughts or, or remarks or insights or or jokes regarding the demise of of uh, this star or any other black hole events in in space mm. all i know is a million of anything is like a lot you 
try counting. Just start at one and just go ahead and start. Just count to a million. I mean, if it's what? a million, you said it was a million times larger than the star that it. Uh, yeah, the mass. Was the, mass yeah, the mass. The I mean, mass. Obviously, the size would be. I mean, we're talking about a lot of mass really condensed, right? Mm-hmm. Yikes. <laughs> Star didn't stand a chance. No, no. And to give you, I guess, perspective, have you guys ever had the like mini oranges? Not, not the, not the tan, not the clementines, or but the mini oranges where it's like all of the juice of an orange but sucked into a, a little tiny body. That sounds like a good experience. They're I've really not, good. I, I really want one now. Uh, they're they're really good, but they're they're incri- incredibly overpowering. So it's like, actually, I knew a guy he he grew them, um, and. I don't even know how he did it. There's a process that, that makes it work, but it gives you all of the citrus juice of an orange in like a half the size of a tangerine. It's bite size. And so it's like you, it's like popping an entire orange in your mouth all at once. And it's as pleasant as it is like disconcerting at the same time. It's, it's a really cool experience. But anyway, so that's, that's basically what it is. This black hole is it's got all of the mass of, of the sun, but just compressed into a, you know, a smaller smaller body so uh did i lose you guys no okay just are you just considering now the the size of uh what that would be like to eat an orange like that yeah well i wouldn't eat a black hole but i would certainly eat an orange like you described okay that sounds delicious i wouldn't recommend eating a black hole eli it would it would suck you in from the inside out and that that would be really unpleasant that would be spaghettification (laughs) in action well that's like i read something sometime don't knock it till you try it though yeah i'm I'm not, I'm going to knock it because I mean, if you had a black hole that was small enough for you to stick in your mouth and you had it in a spoon next to you, it would still suck you into the black hole and you would disappear inside the mass of the thing that was <laughs> smaller than your pinky. Like that's, that's how strong it is. You'd just be gone. Like, so I don't even know. Like this, this is, this is scary stuff. This is so scary that it's not scary. <laughs> right. It's, it's, it's tricky because it's, it's, it's scary if like, you know, it's coming. But also, um, when you think about things like that, that you've planned for, like what what good is your last will and testament? What good is your insurance policy if this were to be our planet's demise? Um, it, it does, none of it matters. And so you can look around and panic, or you could look around and say, "Well, there's just going to be nothing left, and we're all in this together." Yeah. <laughs> so so on 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 those notes right there on that harmony. Let's uh, let's score this thing, Randall. Let's start with you. Scale of one to terrifying. Uh, where do you put the uh, the spaghettification of a sun via black hole? Well, black holes are scary. I mean, we'll just we'll just put it out there, since we haven't made that clear yet in this episode. And being anywhere <laughs> near one is bad. Like, there's there's nothing to do about it, and there's nothing anybody could do to really leave it not with the current technology that we have and so i i'm gonna just stand by what i said a second ago it's it's so scary and so awful and could be this this horrible thing that could happen and just wipe out life period um that i'm gonna give it a zero on the panic scale and i'm giving it a zero because it's not worth my time to worry about (laughs) because some things aren't worth panicking over and this is one of those things that i think if you spend time worrying about black holes and are worried about, you know, spaghettification and all these other cool things that are really not cool if you're in the middle of it, then you're going to be wasting your time. And I think that it's one of those things that we should just, I I would like to watch videos of 
spaghettification and pray that nobody I know is in that galaxy when it gets sucked in and uh, then go along my merry little way and worry about it um, if it were to happen. But yeah, I'm definitely going to give it like a, a zero or a 0 0.2 on the panic scale. All right. So that's a solid zero from Randall. One question though. Do you, do you have a pen pal in another galaxy? I'm just curious. Yeah, You made it sound like you may have acquaintances over there. Well, I'm not going to say I don't. I mean, it's possible. Okay. I just may not Is have it you know, met them. Maybe hey. I, I, we're talking existentially here. I'm so, sure that I have a friend in an alternate <laughs> universe that that uh, I don't know about. Hey, there's a there's in, in theory, there's a universe that exists where you do have a friend over there. Yeah. In that multiverse, I'm I feel bad for the guy that just got spaghettified. In that multi in that multiverse, I feel bad for you. For knowing someone that got spaghettified. I appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, for me, as far as my scale goes, uh, Tyler, I, I'm, I'm going to echo Randall here. It is, the concept is so, it's just, it seems so out of reach that, that, that our star could get sucked into a black hole, at least during our lifetime. But if it did, if, the, if a black hole the size of a, of a peanut started to form and it grew pretty quick and, so scientists said we were doomed in the next 10 years, then I would be sad, but I don't think I'd panic because <laughs> I don't know. It feels like there's, there's nothing left to lose. Uh, I mean, other than everything. Um, but if we're all in this together and it's just sort of signed, sealed and delivered going to happen for sure, I'm going to give it a zero as well, but I'll, I'll go 0 0.1 just so that it's on the scale. All right. So, for me, when I consider um, when I consider the, the 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 prospects of a black hole, I, I gotta agree with you guys. In the event that we were sucked into one, and there's not a black hole that's anywhere even close to us, but if it were to happen, then at that point there would be a reason to panic. But even still, what what good would panicking do? Because there's no way to change it. So I'm gonna put this probably at, at uh, you know a, a zero point zero one for me as well. So. On that note, uh, spaghettification by a black hole, as much as we probably just offended some astrophysicist somewhere that's cowering in fear over the real possibility, uh, we're going to put this at, uh, at, don't worry about it. Uh, there's nothing you can do about it. So thanks for tuning in, everybody. Randall, no Eli, sweat. always a pleasure hanging out with you so we can find reasons for the worried mind to panic. We'll see you all on uh, next week's episode. Thanks, everybody. Try this